0: That music, which we all missed last week, means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine, Abram Pilch. Abram, are you there?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Excellent. That is so much better than not having you, which, of course, obviously makes sense. You know, when everybody's on the road, it just doesn't work. How was your CES, Abram? Perhaps. Perhaps the best ever. Hey, oh. hey, Abram, we aren't getting any sound from you. All of a sudden. Just, yeah, all of a sudden. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick you back over onto the side screen. I am going to hang up and we're going to call right back. Cool. We'll do that.
1: And while we we'll, while we're doing that, we will let him. Uh, we will do our job for him, or his job will do. Uh, either way you want to call it. Um, Avram is again the online editorial director of Laptop Magazine. All right, let's kick his audio on and see if he's. Yes, go ahead. Hey, there oh, we go. That's so much better. It's a
2: lot better. All right. Well, this was the best. This was. Maybe the best CES ever uh, from my perspective. It was definitely one of the best uh, without argument. Uh, so before I begin, you, uh, as you all, as, for those uninitiated, I'm the online editorial director for Laptop Magazine. That's LaptopMag.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Geek and Chief. See all of our coverage from CES at LaptopMag.com slash
1: CES. I love it. So let's start with... Kind of what we preluded to, I suppose. Your experience with your team and how you guys cover CES, which is very different from almost anybody else.
2: Well, you know, we're very fo- we were very fortunate this year to be able to send a nice large group of people representing not just Laptop Mag but our sister site Tom's Guide uh, and our other sister site Tom's Hardware. Uh, and so we had a lot of people out on the floor looking for looking for stuff, and then we were trying to score some some good meetings. And what I think made this year's show really special, and I think it's not just from our perspective, but from a perspective of anyone who was covering it, is there were just a lot of wonderful startups that were bringing new products to the table that we hadn't seen before. Uh, yeah, you see lesser presence from the big people, you know, less Dell, less HP. Uh, than than you used to see, uh, but what are but what you are seeing is really innovative companies walking around uh, what they called um, walking around like the innovation section in the Venetian uh, was really really cool, uh, just running into different things and then you know we managed to score some private briefings that were really cool. Uh, uh, the highlight of my trip by far. Uh, was getting to try on the Meta Pro display that um, won our best we- best wearable of CES, and that will just blow your mind. So talk a little bit about that for those who don't know. Yeah, uh, so the Metapro is, you could say it's a competitor to Google Glass, but it is completely different. So the Metapro uh, takes up both of your eyes. Uh, it's not like a little eyebrow piece like the Google Glasses. It is designed to allow you to live in augmented reality. So if you're walking around with this, uh, whatever you see goes through it. Uh, in When it comes out in June of next year, theoretically, the apps will be there to do things like facial recognition. Like I'll look at you and I'll say, Nicholas DeMeo, and it will show me like your Facebook tweets. Or, uh, you know, to do, to do real world ad blocking like uh you know I look at a billboard and all of a sudden it's whited out so I don't see the ads. Uh but the demo I saw was not quite that advanced. Uh what they had was they were running um, a program called Zero UI, which is a uh, draw they were running like a 3D drawing program. I had the got the goggles on and I like moved my hand in front of my face and drew a vase. You really could only really like draw a vase with it. Um, and then you could stick your hand out, grasp it like so and then drag the virtual vase in front of your face like a real object. And if someone else who was not wearing glasses grabbed it with their hand, it would be just as good because it recognizes anyone's hand, whether it's yours or not. And then you let go. I let go. I dragged over to the side of the screen let go of it like that on the printer icon. And it printed the vase I drew in 3D. Uh, like it 3D printed a plastic version of it. Um which was really cool. And then the potential of this is cool because apparently the people who work for the company use this with Windows. It's a Core i5. So they actually go and they like touch icons in front of their face like this and they're, they attach a Bluetooth keyboard now, but in the future uh, they're working on, for when it comes out, a virtual keyboard where you'll just stare down at a desk and you'll be able to type by just touching virtual spaces on any flat surface. Uh, but they're working on their own UI, so you don't have to you know, use something like Windows, which is, probably not de- which is definitely not designed to be in your face all the time. But they intend for this to be your computer, to replace your laptop. Wow.
0: That <laughs> and- is one of the craziest things I've ever heard, and I love it.
2: They're working with uh, Professor Steve Mann, who maybe people have heard of in the news. The, the guy who lives life as a cyborg was uh, he made headlines last year when he was beaten up in McDonald's. Um, I know him a bit because he used to write for me years ago, wrote a column for me on wearables uh, when I was an editor at About.com. So I schmoozed the guys at Meta who are working with him and – um, they let me get a demo, and not a lot of people did. Uh, and it was, it was awesome. It blew my mind. I highly recommend people check out the video of it on, on LaptopMag.com. Um, so so Juan in the
0: chat room uh, is super excited about it and writing information down as you're yes. talking about <laughs> it. Um, so uh, LaptopMag.com CES, you should be able to see the yeah, video of the s- thing in action.
2: Yeah, it's the Meta Pro glasses. Uh, also, the company's site. Although I recommend you watch our, read our article instead. Uh, the company's own site is SpaceGlasses.com, and they're going to be taking uh, orders for this, uh, pretty soon. Uh, and it's just the tip of the iceberg, really. Uh, What I love about it is it's augmented reality. It's not like a smartphone on your head. It is really meant to change your perspective, and it will raise really interesting ethical questions if products like this take off, like, can I change how I look at you? If I want to unfriend you, can I just filter you out so I don't even see you anymore, like you're dead to me? Uh, I mean, these are all possibilities if the technology worked well enough. Boy, you'd start
0: running into people
2: yeah well maybe maybe it would right? just put up like a little avatar like there's a blocked person in
1: front of you move the picture of a llama yeah obviously <laughs> i'm in that one makes the most sense to. obviously, obviously. yeah <laughs> so that that of course again is only the tip of the ces iceberg you have yep. some interesting bests on your website specifically the best laptop, which I agree with you, because of our HD resolution consortium, that it turns out
0: we may not need to start because companies seem to have uh, yeah kind of accepted it a little bit have agreed with us. We're
2: powerful. Yes, so we we really like this concept gaming notebook from MSI, uh, and what is cool about it is 15 inches and it's just three pounds. And it has a 3K display, 2880 by 1620. Uh, so they haven't given it an official model number yet. Uh, but uh, to those of you who've been following the industry, know that three pounds, you don't get a lot in a three-pound system. MacBook Air is about three pounds. The new ThinkPad X1 Carbon is about to two eight to two nine, which is which we saw, which was pretty nice, and you know very well could have been a contender for this award, uh, but. To see the to see that they're going to be able to fit discrete graphics gaming you know a pair of MSATA SSDs in it uh, that was just really impressive and you know we can't wait to see uh, to see what MSI does with the final product so
0: you you mentioned the carbon and I'm I'm interested in in your take on it because uh, Nick and I had an interesting conversation with somebody yeah. on on twitter about it and so i'm i'm curious your take on the device
2: well as you as uh for for those who don't know the thinkpad x1 carbon has actually been around since 2012 and now uh they're releasing a new model the new model has 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 a haswell cpu so it's going to get uh, better performance and lower power uh it's it weighs slightly less it's going to be like 2.8 to 2.9 pounds for the base model. If you have a touchscreen, it's going to, to raise the, um, the weight a little bit. They expect about eight to nine hours of battery life, uh, although we'll be the judge of that when we get get our tests. Uh, and of course, there's, and there's going to be a super high res, I think, 2560 by 1600 display option on it. Um, I like the X1 Carbon. I like the original one. My beef with it is the keyboard is not they to say because it's so thin the keyboard is a couple of millimeters shallower than a typical thinkpad keyboard uh so if if you're looking for a thinkpad that is light and thin and long lasting you might be better off might be better off with it with the uh with the thinkpad x240 which got 20 hours of battery life on our tests is, has a lower starting price uh and you know, is also pretty light at, you know, ranging from 3.2 to 3.6 pounds. Uh, the keyboard on it is also a little shallower than than, than a normal ThinkPad. But, um, but so the X1 Carbon, you know, has a lot, is sort of a great proof of concept of what you can do. I mean, 14 inches, I, I can't wait to get in and review it. Um, but I think the question will be how close to that nine hours of, battery life does it really get because if it's like the previous gen the previous gen was like seven hours without a touch screen and then with a touch screen it was like just over like five and a half hours which is not very great there's no replaceable battery on it so if you want something that's thin and light and portable you want long battery life and i think ultimately that's how we're going to judge it okay and and that all sounds perfectly reasonable to me
0: the unreasonable conversation that that we were unfortunately uh, a little <laughs> dragged into um, was about how it's a total failure of a device because it doesn't have uh, physical function keys.
2: Oh, the new the new function row. So uh, they have something called it for those who 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 haven't been keeping track. There's the new adaptive uh, keyboard, uh, which is the the function row are touch keys. They're not even keys. You can't press them. They don't have no feedback at all. Uh, and they light up with, depending on what application you're in, they light up differently. Uh, although there's only four combinations, I think maybe five in a special s- situation. So it's not like r- what Razer has done with the switchblade on the Razer notebooks and Razer keyboards where they are LEDs and can light up into anything. These are grayscale things. The, the icons are kind of burned into the screen so you know you can have a list of f keys there or if you're in a web browser one of them becomes a forward and back and a refresh um i'm not i'm not that impressed with it i mean to be honest with you uh, lenovo hopes people will be impressed it's an interesting concept i personally would just rather have physical keys to press um uh so in that respect i agree with the person but since they're function keys i don't think it's going to to kill the experience but i mean if you're a really good typist you're not going to be looking at the keys anyway so right. better to have a good key feel than to have than to have it look like a look like a refresh button or a back and forward button on your browser just learn i mean if you listen to the show you know that f5 means refresh you don't need a little circle written on your key to tell you that fair enough now my my take
0: on it was that you know there's a there's a particular so the conversation was well developers aren't going to like it and so that's going to make it a worthless device which is obviously a silly argument because developers are i mean I'm a developer and I'm saying it's a silly argument because we're such a small portion of of the consumer base the argument was silly so I was curious what your take on it was
2: but, I mean, if it's really unpleasant, then it would be a problem. I'll have to see when we'll hopefully get one into review soon, and I will see how unpleasant it is. I, I mean, I think the amount of time that's, I mean, yes, I hit function keys a fair amount, and the more uh, advanced work you do, the more you hit them, but I, I, think, I think we could live with it. I, see, that's what I was thinking, was that the general
0: populace would probably be fine with this particular device. All right, so developers aren't going to like it. All right, we're not the target market for this product. Every computer doesn't have to be for every person, right? It's it's just like a car. If every car was made for everybody, you'd be driving a tank, and there'd be a bed on the back of every vehicle, and it would seat seven people and uh, have an outhouse. That would be a disaster. Every computer doesn't have to be for every person. I, yeah, I mean the I, I... the company that's bought into that the most is Google with the Chromebooks. Not right. everything
2: has to be for everybody. Yep, absolutely. Chromebooks. We also saw a couple, but they were nothing to uh, to type home about. That, yeah. That's for sure. Th-
0: they were Chromebooks. So. De- definitely something
1: to type <laughs> home about would be seeing Sony take your best smartphone. So Sony
2: um, released the X One Compact and the uh, which was the Xperia Z One, the Z One Compact, uh, and what was groundbreaking about that, and we don't know when it's coming to the U.S., like most Sony phones. Maybe we'll get it six months after everyone else. This was not a big show for smartphones at, in general, uh, but what's was groundbreaking about uh, Sony Xperia Z1 uh, is that they have high-end specs in a 4.3-inch phone. Nowadays, if you want something like the HTC One Mini or the Samsung Galaxy S4 Mini, this new generation of mini phones for people who, who find 5-inch and higher just too big, um, you usually have to settle for... For a crappy processor, crappy camera, like they're gonna punish you for getting smaller. Uh, in this case, uh, they really don't punish you. I mean, it's got a 20.7 megapixel camera, just like the big Xperia uh, Z1. It's got a Snapdragon 800 processor, just like the big, just like the big brother. Uh, the only area in which it might be a little bit falling down is that the screen is 720p instead of 1080, but. Since the screen is smaller, at least you're going to have a higher pixel density than than otherwise. And I have to say, the colors on it were really good. So, uh, so an, a nice a nice phone, and, and nice that Sony actually put the effort in to say to people who want a smaller phone, we're not going to treat you like second class citizens, uh, and that 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 is what makes that an an interesting device. That is a um, nice change of pace. Uh, speaking uh, speaking of interesting devices and phones, I I can't help but but want to talk about uh Y-Sips, and they're just amazing enabling technology the YSIPS connect because when i tell people that it does li-fi very few of them know what li-fi is and i didn't before this show had you guys heard of it no i've not i li-fi- so I've, I've heard of the technology but i've not heard of
0: anything to implement the standard yet
2: so this blew my mind. Li-Fi is networking over light over LED light. Uh, and what we saw was this company called Ysipps, which has been for years, a couple of years trying to market a smartphone sensor that will actually charge your phone over um, over light, although so far we haven't seen it appear anywhere. Now they're also integrating li fi support. And we saw a demo from them and from OLEDCOM, which is a company that makes the networking technology for LiFi. fi They're one of many companies, I should say, that make networking technology for LiFi. fi So Li-Fi is coming, whether the, whether these companies succeed or not. And uh, what it what it does is you hold your phone under a lamp. The lamp has a little switch box or whatever box connected through its power which causes the lamp to pulsate imperceptibly really fast like as a to the human eye it looks like a normal led lamp um and it, it's pulsating and then the phone reads it and it can get um, the yceps thing right now is lim- is slow it's only like 24 kbps but we saw a macbook hooked up getting 10 10 megabit per second and uh, at a lab in Britain recently, they got 10 gigabit per second over light. But the real benefit is not from getting data transfer, but from location awareness uh, indoors. So you're taking your phone around. Uh, The CES convention – the LVCC convention center in Las Vegas, for example, which is incredibly difficult to find your way around because they don't know how to number things. And imagine if you could hold your phone under one of the overhead lights and it could tell you, "Okay, here are some step-by-step directions to your next booth because you were under this light we know where you were. Or you're in the store and it reads it and it says, oh, here's a coupon or more information about – what you were doing, you know, or here's a little commercial that we're beaming down to you or whatever. Um, It can all be transferred over LED light and standard LED light bulbs can be retrofitted to do it. All you need to do is attach something to the, uh to the plug and it'll cause it to pulsate.
1: This just tells me that we need to create a Li-Fi do not track. <laughs> we'll yeah.
0: have to get with AVG on that. So the, the thing that I like about the, uh, the concept of this technology is that just like with um, fiber optics, which is the same general idea but over a, a controlled and contained uh, interface, since it's light since the data is all based and the speed is all based around um, the, the algorithm for transmission and receiving you can actually get better speeds without having to change hardware.
2: Yeah, the other thing is that uh, it's secure in a way, physically secure, because if you're transferring it only over that light beam, then I can't intercept it unless I'm standing under it. So. There, theoretically, you could use it. You could use it as a more secure thing. But who would have thunk that you could actually transfer data and surf the web over light? As part of the demo, like I said, they had a router that was hooked up to a standard desk bulb, and underneath it was a sensor that was attached to a MacBook. Uh, and on the MacBook, I was able to stream a YouTube video, and it was all coming from the router through the lamp down to the sensor by light. Uh, which was pretty impressive now the real question is how do you send data back and in this case they had a little infrared to send data back so you could at least type in the URL and and the router would get it Uh, but if you were to transfer back at high speed you'd probably want you know to have a light beam coming right up from your phone which would be a little
1: weird just hit up the Luxor I mean yeah (laughs) problem solved more light more data yeah more light more data more bars (laughs) more places Um, one last thing I want to definitely highlight is the fact that finally someone else agrees with me best headphone the Monster DNA Pro over-ear wireless which is just an extension of their DNA set uh the Pro set itself which was a wired set which
0: for anybody who watches the show regularly anytime we've had guests on they'll they recognize my white <laughs> DNA's yeah. on the guest <clears throat>
2: Well, um, you know who picked that award, right? It was Cherie. Uh, I Cherie bet does. it was. Yeah, Cherie, does our Cherie for previous watches. The show has been on a few times. Uh, she does our headphone coverage, and yeah, she she loved those headphones. Uh, thought they thought they were really great to be able to get that kind of sound quality wirelessly uh, is is a big deal. So you know that was just one of of many uh, many cool things we saw at the show. But if I were to sum it up overall. The, one of the coolest things about the show was that it wasn't just companies you would expect like Monster and you know MSI and Sony who did award worthy things. It was these smaller companies, some of whom we just kind of stumbled on in the Venetian, who had some really fantastic things to, to show and, and to contribute. And that's where CES is growing. It's not the big companies. It's the big companies uh, who are big enough are kind of dropping out a little bit. They're not releasing as many new things at, at CES. Obviously, we know Microsoft is no longer involved. Intel was involved but didn't really show any new stuff. So this year so, you know, it's getting to be a really great innovation show
1: for startups. Yeah, it's Eureka Park expanding from last year to this year and now taking over the entire hotel for next year, it seems. Yeah, they're not saying it, but it is. But yeah, we're pretty sure the entire uh,
0: Venetian presentation will be just Eureka Park stuff.
2: Yeah, right. it was pretty awesome. I mean, I was walking through – I just spent out, like a couple hours walking through, just walking around the Venetian, and I got pulled into a couple of really great things. Like one I won't I won't go into, but if you check out on our site, I actually found a, a smartphone case that operates, that uses the radiation from your phone to light up. Uh, it uses electromagnetic energy to, to power itself. So like that's the kind of thing that I, I did not know about these guys, and I was just walking around and found them.
0: I, I saw you uh – I saw you post about that during the week. It was pretty cool. Yep. Um, and you guys, uh, you guys gave an award to to one of our, not one of our award winners, but one of our uh, top picks for the week. Yeah. So that's pretty cool too.
1: Great. So Avram, um, do, do you want to stick around for for our picks? Is that is that cool Absolutely, with everybody in, yeah. in the group
2: here? I would love to.
1: All right, let's change gears then. Um, before so we... so with that said, yeah. Um, the The product that
0: that Laptop Mag gave uh, a best of to that was on the the short list for the TPN picks was uh, Fin Six.
1: Yeah, good overall, good feel, good story, great product kind of thing. Where you don't get all three in some of the things at Eureka Park, you have that here. Three MIT kids going, hey, you know, charging your laptop is not easy, and it weighs too much, and it's in the way. This solves all of those problems. Yeah. Uh, two point four cubic inches, sixty-five watt charger. Yeah. They they were on the
0: on the live show. Uh, I think with Jeffrey, uh, one hundred and sixty something yeah. interviews. It's hard to remember who they were with, but uh, they they were on the live show at some point during the week, and it was, there was a there was a good reaction both, in the booth and. Uh, through social networking, which right. Nick and I were uh, were responsible for monitoring the social networks for all the TPN brands this week. And uh, there was a great response to the to the Fin6.
2: Because it's great. I, see, I, I like it. I can tell you I saw one and I touched one. Uh, and I got to meet the CEO, too. Really, uh, really great idea. Fantastic. The only thing I can see perhaps being a problem is... If this is the year that USB power delivery becomes a big thing, then the need for proprietary AC adapters is going to be less. But uh, I think it's going to be be a while before that gets totally adopted. And oh, I don't know if you guys found this out, but they were really explicit with me that they're going to be coming out with they're going to be including heads for
1: all the major brands, including the new the new flat head for Lenovo's. I heard about that. I can safely say off camera. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's pretty nice to see that. So uh so obviously
0: we see a lot of stuff during during our live broadcast. We see a lot of stuff. We see it quickly, but we do get to see um some interesting things come through. Uh one of my favorites for the week. I I have such trouble coming up with the actual company's name. Oh, yeah. Uh it they, they were one of the companies
1: that we didn't have a uh a Twitter handle for, I know what you're thinking of and I still they're, can't come up
0: with it. So, so they're a company, um, based, I think in Hong Kong and they have a, a professional grade, um, camera stabilizer, which if you were to get it from one of the big boys, this thing is probably in the $3,000 range. Right. Uh, Without question, and they're not in the U.S. yet. They're working on uh, on entering the U.S. market, and they want to do it by uh, by second quarter. Um, but they're expecting the thing to be like six hundred bucks, and um, I know for a fact that that one was on with uh, with Jeffrey, right? Because He couldn't put it down. He he had that thing in his hand the entire interview and was swinging it around like a crazy person, um, trying to get it to fail, trying to trick it into not working. And at no point was he capable of it. Gazer cam. That's it. There you go. I'm saying I've got a. I had it in an email, so I was going to go pull Gazer Cam. Yeah, G-A-Z-E-R-C-A-M. that's it. It's it really is a super cool product, and I mean, if Jeffrey can't break it, right? That's an indication actively trying, right? If Jeffrey can't break it, that is an indication to me that it is a good quality product. It is something that I want for my show floor kit
1: gets rid of the need for a tripod in some cases
0: in some cases particularly for like the b-roll product close-ups right that we always film uh, after the interview Um, a lot of times we do it you know with with a hand cam for uh, for the last couple of years since we were lucky enough to get the uh, cam troll at CES a couple of years after CES a couple of years ago um, we've used that for all, of our, for all of our stuff, which is nice because it does give you a, the option for up to three points of contact. But this is a fully digital camera stabilizer. Right. And it is so impressive. You point the camera... You, like, you unlock it, you point the camera in the direction you want it to stabilize, you lock it back in place, and no matter what you do, the camera will continue to point in that direction.
2: Wow. The thing about CES that is really amazing, and I don't think a lot of our competitors cover, I don't want to give them a, a hint, but they might not care enough, is if you go into the, if you spend some time going through like the, Shenzhen, or the—I don't know if the, Hong, the Hong, this company based in Hong Kong would be in the Shenzhen section—but a lot there, are a lot of companies there. There's just a lot of great stuff from from small uh, Chinese companies that you haven't heard of. That if you can go through and see it, you're going to see some real gems there. Things that. Will probably not come to United States under that brand name that you saw because they're probably ODMs, but they're going to come under something like we saw something from ChipSips, which is a Google Glass competitor also on our on our site that was absolutely awesome, and we saw it because you know uh, Sherlyn Lowe, who's one of our staffers, and I took some time to kind of walk around that area and we we stumbled upon it. So there's you know really you're going to you see a lot of great stuff at CES when you when you go to the unstructured things and you find the small companies that don't have PR and and talk to them
1: and then you have other things that aren't really breakthrough or revolutionary but are silly and one of those how come I haven't had that in my room forever and that to me comes from Ion Audio okay in the speaker lounge yes which <laughs> is an ottoman That Ottomans take up space, okay? This is what drives me insane about my Ottoman and all Ottomans around the world. It takes up space, and all it's good for is sometimes maybe storing something when you lift up the case of the the seat. You put it in, you close it, and you put your feet on it. This one is a 2.1 Bluetooth speaker. 20 watts per channel. Right. That is the best use of space Ever. Period. period <laughs> end of story. <laughs> that is just, it's so cool to see such a great product that people just haven't thought of. Like, it's one of those, as life progresses and technology changes and evolves and whatever, you overlook something. And, and to me, that is huge. It is Bluetooth and aux, uh, and you can control it from smartphones. Uh, all the way through some of the other Ion-compatible products in their line, which is just, to me, awesome. I I need that. And it has, I think, seven different colors by by the time it'll be released. Yes, I need one of those.
2: That that is a great idea. (coughs)
1: That wasn't your only,
0: like, oddball product that you fell in love with. You actively tweeted about only one product all week, Everything, obviously, you know, a lot of the stuff that comes out of all of us during a show like CES, but particularly us with the 10-minute changeover and live interviews, is, is all pre-scheduled and not not directly from us. I mean, it is. Nick entered all of those personally, so they are from us, but not in the same way. You tweeted about one and only product actively yourself all week, and it was the Windows Phone-controlled little mini fighting robots.
1: Yes! How come those didn't (laughs) exist before either? Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, yes. I have got to put my hand what is the name of that company now? I I cannot remember it and if I look through my tweets what, B-we? Bwee was that them B E oh, Bwee
2: yes them I I, I know those guys uh, one of my I didn't get to meet with them personally one of my coworkers did I have uh, I have their their email should you should you want it yes <laughs> well that would be fantastic them They're, they're very cool. Last year, they introduced something with a Jeep that you controlled. That you had a camera on it. Right. They they are one of the leaders, and and you you guys are, are kind of pointing out a larger trend from CES when you talk about this. Bluetooth toys were everywhere. Yep. We 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 got to play with like a Bluetooth paper airplane. Uh, I my per, one of my personal favorite things was actually not brand new, but I, still really cool. The Anki car, which is a car racing set that you control via Bluetooth. Uh, really some great Bluetooth stuff.
0: The thing that we Bluetooth were really toys.
2: excited about was
0: that this company gave you uh, Windows Phone Control, which which was really exciting, and they, like, they spilled that early on in the interview. Uh, they, they brought on a couple of products uh, to the live show, and they actively said Windows Phone in their thing, which was a lot of fun, because one of the guys who's part of the tech podcast network is um well I guess was was the the podcast coordinator for the Zune brand <laughs> and is now um the the podcasting coordinator for the Xbox music brand um uh Rob Greenley and yeah. he was he missed the interview. And we went ballistic on him. And after <laughs> after the the broadcast came down he came into the chat room late in the late in the evening and so i'm like hey did you see the windows phone robots he's like no no oh here's their here's their twitter go go find them and harass them it was it was during jeffrey's time today i think or whoever it was i'm like go back and find it it was at about this part of the day you're going to love it he was so excited I- to see windows phone stuff mentioned on the show it was great i
1: can't tell you how many different ways i could use those robots while just be pretending to be on my phone like interviews or presentations just have a little trinket sitting on desks or random places just have them start going (laughs) like there's so many possibilities for bluetooth toys and they have a flying toy
2: i know it's great
1: that was the Uh,
0: thing that made me happy they have a a lot
2: of there are a lot of flying toys now
1: too man yeah a lot and, and and one other cool thing, it's not the, oh, I should have thought of that, but it's the, oh, that's nice to have from D-Link. And I know there was a couple of other ones, but D-Link in particular made these ridiculously aesthetically pleasing routers. Oh, my gosh. These routers look like little, uh, like the little bazooka speakers that they used to have <laughs> back in the day. And they're full on. 802.11ac, high-end gaming routers, like media performance routers that just look like they're part of your desk, not this big gaudy thing like I have an Asus that's just this monster with, like, four antennas on it. That's crazy. It works. It's great. It's amazing. I love it. It's crazy, though. (laughs) This has the same power, and it's, it's in this little, like, $200... Aesthetically desk nice space and, thing. And it comes in <sighs> colors. Right. It's
0: not just black or white or blue as the Lynx's stuff tends to have too much on. Um it it there are colors that you can choose, which I thought was uh, a really cool idea. So if yeah. you are putting it in a desk type setup and, you know, your desk is all red things, you can you can accent with the with the red router. I thought that was a really cool idea.
1: One of the things I thought was cool is if you have like a media room, you have this gaming room, whatever it a man cave, and you know, your walls are painted whatever color or you have uh like a like a lamp stand that has shelving on it, you could throw that on there and just make a wall plate with the Ethernet sticking out of it and you're done. Yeah. There's no wire, you just make it part of your yeah, experience Yeah, it's a cool idea. And it, it, Thing, again, things you don't think about right. that aren't really revolutionary are cool to me. That's what I always go to CES for, is to find that cool thing. And, and sticking in the in the Wi-Fi, um, we had a company bring on the live
0: show um, an antenna for Wi-Fi that can get you up to a mile of coverage under oh ideal circumstances. Oh my gosh, yes. Which I... we thought was really cool. Now, of course, in the real world, you won't get a mile of um, peak to peak in Colorado, man right exactly but um you know for for us, we talked about you know if you could if you could you're doing a broadcast from let's say the Florida State Fairgrounds uh, like we'll be doing in April and you want to be able to do remote spots, you want to be able to put a camera crew somewhere else in the building you can. Run cables <laughs> from the studio all the way to wherever your remote is, or you just put this thing up and you do uh, a desktop presenter or something like that. Yeah, you could do uh, if you're a, an Apple product fan, you could do AirPlay over this this thing and not have to have uh, uh, cables running everywhere for a broadcast right. or something like that. It's it's there's so many weird things that they don't think about even with the product that our lives our eyes lit up about oh as soon as he said you know in in, in the real world you're probably gonna get between 700 to a thousand feet done i'm like oh my god that's a convention hall that's that's from the control room to a remote broadcast holy cow that's awesome how do i get one of those yesterday
2: that's a large office or a large house. Uh,
0: yeah. a, a warehouse. You, if you put it like in the middle of a warehouse, all of a sudden you can light up a whole manufacturing facility. It, it's really – there are so many places where that would
1: be incredible. Then when it hits market in full, people create these ideas out of it, which is exactly what CES is all about, letting, letting whomever puts their hands on the product drive it. Here's a cool thing. Make it do something. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's what Ford (laughs) did three years ago at CES with the sync features. Right. They gave it as a contest. They came on our show to to break the news. was, hey, we have a new contest we we announced an hour ago. We're going to let you give you $40,000 to come up with something awesome that we can put in our cars. Go. Here's all the tools about our cars. Make something happen. We don't really know what we, we know what we could do with it, but we know we don't have a clue when it comes to actual real use. We've got ideas, yeah. but they don't necessarily matter. Right. <laughs> we know you can come up with something amazing. Go do it. it like, that's what CES is about, is, yeah. is making that cool thing even better because users are seeing it. The media guys that are covering the show floor are looking at it going, ah, you could do this with that. Oh, Yes, we because yeah, you know what you know what Omni Mount ever came up with our, <laughs> our broadcast desk. Yeah, they were for a standing desk. That was yeah, their idea. The idea
0: is that that's a sit stand desk. Nope. We saw the base and thought, no, that's an adjustable broadcast desk. <laughs> so we can have a single product shot and put a, a giant speaker
1: on the table. Yep.
2: Yep.
1: Uh, so, so for me, that was the major takeaway from CES this year. Yeah, there was four K TVs, and yeah, there was three D printing, and yeah, there was emerging tech and wearables. There, and,
0: there was a twenty inch four K Panasonic there was. Tough Pad. Yep, there was for twenty ninety
2: nine. Because what you really want is is the pad that is the pad that only LeBron James can use. I I will tell you that uh, that Mark
0: is so excited for yeah. those of you who are regular. Uh, listeners or viewers mark has filled in a couple of times uh here on the show he like he as soon as he saw it he posted on facebook and twitter he said well my birthday is five months away it's time to start saving (laughs) yeah (laughs) because this is the only thing i want
2: i i'll I'll never understand it but there's a lot of now 20 inch tablets coming coming around the tablet slash all-in-ones this year you know, if you've been following, you saw that there was a new Lenovo Horizon, another uh, a, a, an Android N308 that was 19.5 inches from Lenovo. Uh, just a lot of really big sort of like desktop slash tablets, uh, and I guess there's some you you know used to being able to carry them around the house, but wow as a tablet i i can't imagine like holding that on my lap well there's well certainly not there's
0: there's a use in it particularly like from a developer standpoint yeah when we go to events and things we have to bring a computer with us and the last big developer event that that we went to was the nokia developer day uh they did them all over the world and we were fortunate enough to have one here in tampa and um I had well, I had my surface, and I also brought my older development laptop, which I let one of our interns use uh, throughout the day and it's nice, you know it's it's compact, it's easy to easy to carry, but boy, that's a small screen when you're trying to develop, and when you're trying to do it quick, which you know a developer event like that, you're trying to be you're trying to be quick there's there's a whole big room of tables that you can set up on if i could put something like that in a in a carrier and bring that and set it up i don't have to worry about extra monitors and things like that for me it's a it's like an all-in-one that if i don't necessarily have power i can still use yeah
1: (laughs) but i think all in all and i think you guys agree from your end avram is the biggest things came from the smallest companies. It was crazy this year, and that's what that's what's making it great. And I think that maybe the fact
2: that some of the bigger players have started to drop out in recent years has made it uh, a great show for start. Has made it a great show for startups. So I give the CEA, which runs the show, a lot of credit, and for for doing things like Eureka Park to try and you know to try and encourage
1: those companies to show up. Especially when a lot of people have said, okay, Microsoft leaving was the worst thing ever. We said it was the best thing ever. And people said, oh, Eureka Park's the worst idea because either A, their products will get ripped off by the big guys, or B, you will never see the products and we're covering stuff that doesn't exist. That's what you want, though. That's, that is okay. Because, okay,
0: so this company has a really cool idea. They may never get funding. They may never be able to bring it to market. Or... Somebody might buy the company and help them bring it to market. Maybe not under their brand, but this really cool idea, because people know about it and they've made an impression and there's been you know social media talk about it yeah. and the press covered it and there's interest in it. Now, maybe it will make it to market under their brand or under another or maybe they find an investor during CES because there's lots of them there. Their yeah. badge says media. Uh, what is it? A uh, industry insider. Usually, they're investors. They are people with a checkbook ready to write a blank check to a genius company. <laughs> the show
2: is not for journalists. I mean, we think it is. Right. I think it is. But uh, the companies. If the, the companies came there just for us, then then they would be wasting their money. They're there to try and sell things. So either they're looking for a partner to to buy their product and sell it at retail or they're looking for investors. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the goal. But I, I like to tell my colleagues that we're in the business of interesting, not the business of good. So whether the products are a success or not, were they interesting? Did they spark debate? Did they inspire someone? Cool. And
1: that's exactly why, one, we get along. Yeah. And two, why... I really do think our tech podcast network coverage is, is is unlike any other because we find the interesting oddball stuff. Yeah, in the same
0: in the same way, honestly, Avram <clears throat> yes. always finds it's I it's I think it's the reason why fate had you sit down next to us in the
2: Venetian. <laughs> it really
1: is, yeah. <laughs> that was my best scene. Years ago. That
2: was ago. my best CES discovery. Oh,
1: dude, <laughs> thank you. I, it, means, it, it really does mean a lot just to hear you say that, especially on air. So for those yeah. of you who don't know, <laughs> we
0: met Avram in the food court at the Venetian the day before CES yeah. started several years ago. The three of us had sat down for lunch. Avram had just come out of a press conference or something, was grabbing lunch on his... On his route to wherever he was headed next He happened to sit down next to John um, We had made a comment about Err, Apple And Avram <laughs> chuckled and we started a conversation yep. with them and he, here he is probably
1: unknowing. He was with laptop mag. Like yeah, I don't have a face. Uh, we to didn't the, have yeah, any idea no who, clue. who he was when he chuckled. I first thought when he sat down, I was like, who's this weird guy? Like, who's this strange person? And why is he chuckling at our conversation about Apple? Does he
0: agree or disagree? So we had to find out. We had to find out. And, and I'm glad we did. And
1: so here he is, you know, hosting a segment on the show. That said, Avram, we are going to let you go. Thank you for staying up with us late tonight. I oh, appreciate it, that. I,
2: my pleasure. Anytime. Always, he, always, always a joy to talk with you guys. He's still uh, on really uh, West Coast
1: time, anyway. Oh, it's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's we, we all we all kind of are. Uh, Avram, go ahead and give him your contact info one more time. We'll let you go for the night.
2: So. I am the online editorial director for Laptop Magazine. You can follow us. You can follow me on Twitter at GeekinChief. You can read all the CES coverage at LaptopMag.com, especially LaptopMag.com CES. Uh,
1: and uh, follow us on Facebook or Google+. Abram, we'll talk to you and see you next week. Next week.